0: Brian
1: Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And This is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers
2: means lower. Once in neck, goal is in that. Get it tested. Pussed up the three. One go. Rebound. He- What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz. Happy December to you all. It's kind of wild that we're already nearing the end of 2022 and getting closer to 2023. Hope everyone listening is doing well as we all get ready for the holiday season. Uh, speaking of which, check out our website nick-ish.com, and cop yourself some Nickish apparel. We're offering free hand delivery to Queens and some free and have some free shipping offers to the end of the year. Uh, get some hoodies, hats, and some heavy-duty crew necks to get you through this brisk winter weather. Uh, now bring in my man, Nafi. What's going on, bro?
1: Good, man. It's the holiday time, and as you said, go go hit up our site, you know what I mean? Get you something nice to like, what was it called, a stocking stuffer? Just look, something nice for the for the stockings and wear like a nice crew neck or a nice hoodie when you're under that mistletoe, you know what I mean? You want to just look your best, so holiday time, that's what it's for, like a uh, shameless commercialism. Anywho, doing not bad. How you doing, Fais? Eh,
0: you know, I, I feel like my mood is kind of like... What happened Sunday against Washington? It feels like a tie. Like I don't mm. really feel good. Mm. I don't feel bad. We're gonna stick to a tie, you know. So
1: apathy, one would say. Apathy. Right.
0: There you go.
2: Yeah, it's Monday, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. In some places, it's I feel, not Monday. I feel like anymore.
0: Garfield. I feel like Garfield on a Monday, you know? <laughs> like that. That's the vibe. <laughs> like.
1: All right, fellas. <sighs> So, last week, you know, we had our guy, said, come on. And uh, we let him cook a little bit, let him do some ISO, get his take off, and kind of introduce him to our listeners, right? But to be honest with you, we was talking about this offline. Like, this team, especially in the last month or so, definitely the last two, three weeks, has had us. It's, it's like a regurgitation of the same shit. And it feels like nothing will significantly change if and until or if and when, like, Tibbs gets fired, right? So, in the spirit of that, you know cloud hanging over our heads right now we put our heads together and we came up with like a new content idea and, you know shout out to our wrestling fans out there obviously uh if you've been listening to us you know like we we some old school wrestling heads right here and Chris Jericho a couple of years back he had this little uh um little gimmick where he said like if somebody pissed him off somebody annoyed him just for any reason at all I mean you could be like back in catering and like drop like a donut on the floor what he would say <laughs> is that you just made the list you know what I mean? So, like, we taking that, remixing it, we'll call it our shit list of the week. You know what I mean? Who made our shit list? Who made the list this week? And, yeah, I mean, it'll be a cu- oh, nice, tidy way to discuss what's going on with this team. You know what I mean? It. Just to kind of inca- encapsulate everything. <laughs> you know? We out here That's just trying to feed the streets, so-, so to speak. You know? So, who wants to share their uh, uh, shit list edition of the week? Who made y'all list? I, first
2: off, Simone, first off, this this is why y2j is in one, my of opinion, one of the ghosts Easy. one of the ghosts top top five probably just the way he's about to, able to recreate himself and go from I, I don't know what he was before the you made you just made the list gimmick i don't know what he was doing maybe it was code breaker i don't know but the fact that he was able to just recreate himself and make such a like a mundane small ass thing into such a huge gimmick and i i loved it well what was the other thing that he did with it uh just drink it in man yeah man, man, man's a yeah man's a legend yeah. in like multiple
1: eras bro like like every decade or like the last 30 years you could was is a part of anyway anyway yeah. you know we'll, we'll give us flowers there's just plenty of time for us to give flowers to wrestling legends here and there i mean we're going to do it anyway during this pod cuz it's our pod but yeah mo i mean with that being said do you want to like uh you know pop your chair be the first one to like share your shit list of the week
2: I, I guess so. I mean, if you're a Knicks fan you've been watching the past couple of games, I'm sure you can probably guess who my pick of the week is for to to make this list shit shit list of the week. Um it's our head coach, Tom Thibodeau. I know we've been talking about him for weeks and it's not it's kind of like being a dead horse, but at this point the, the man is still the coach of the team and it's kind of you know, interesting that we're saying it's coming off a win against the Cavaliers, but it feels like he even wins are losses and the fact that he's able to get us losses when we don't want them and wins when we don't want them, it's just losing every day, every day. Every game, game in, game out, is just a loss. From our end, at least from my end, I wanted him to lose this game. I wanted the Knicks to lose this game, particularly just so it it could be a tipping point. Maybe it'll push Leon Rose to fire him finally, especially when you see that Dallas loss when uh, the Knicks were up like 20 and ended up losing the game by 20. Very reminiscent to that Hawks game just a month ago. So, you know, with with the way Tibbs has been coaching, it's just no, no creativity, lack of cohesion, just no source of place, just action and cut. And the the roster still isn't listening to him. And just he's not playing the players to their strength. Hartenstein doesn't pass the ball, even though he's he's coming in as a as a solid passing center. Uh, Toppin hasn't barely dunks the ball anymore. He's just a spot of shooter. RJ Barry is gonna shoot brick after brick after brick and he's still gonna be kept in the game. Cam Reddish is gonna get D M P. It's just it just doesn't make any sense the way he's been coaching the game and the Knicks still won against the Cavaliers. So it's kind of putting us in that in that mediocre spot. I know there are certain fans that want the the team to tank. So if you do want the team to tank, that you wanna keep Tibbs, Do you want the team to to flourish, you want us you want to get rid of Tibbs. Me, I'm on the ladder side of things, but it's just we're, we're putting ourselves in such a bad position where the team is not developing and we're not losing the games that we should be losing, but we're winning the games that we should be losing. I don't know if that made sense. But, yeah, Tom, Tom Thibodeau, you, you, you just made the list.
1: That was a pretzel wrapped in a, R- a Rubik's cube. you just, like, closed out right there. I'm befuddled but Listen, <laughs> that, choice, makes
0: that's, sense. that's what I mean
1: <laughs> it's only right it. that like after like the last two plus years of us talking about Tibs, that he would be the first one on the shit list but and I'm I'm, I'm... it find it hard for me to disagree you know what I mean like to that point like I think I saw a stat about Hartenstein you brought up or Hartenstein his assist rate is, like, last year was, like, 20%. This year is like, 4% or whatever. I saw that stat thrown out. That's it's like, lower
2: than Mitch's. Lower than Mitch not, Robinson. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, like, to that point, it's, like, he's not being used in a way we thought he would, just, like, from the elbow and just, like, being that facil- facilitator. And it's even more confusing because we know Thibodeau can build an offense around that. In fact, we, you know what I mean, before he even, like, really, like, took over as coach and he was hired, that was one of the things we expected him to do with Randall. You know what I mean? Kind of use Randall in that Joakim Noah role. And I bring up Joakim Noah because as a center, that's how he was used offensively. So it's crazy that, like, Tibbs won't even use any of those concepts with Harnstein. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I mean, solid choice. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want to steal your thunder. So I'm going to go with my, my addition to the shit list. It's a begrudging one, but one that, like, uh, follow me here, because you know I'm I'm very pro this person. But Leon Rose is uh just made my shit list this week, this week at least. And it's not for the reasons that like a lot of fans would probably have him on the list, because I do think he's done a, a relatively good job, and similar to how uh Sid you know um graded it last week, I would say b plus slash A minus. But what's keeping me from really um giving him damn near flawless grade? And why you made this list this week, or the first time he's making this shit list, it's because of his first coaching hire, Tibbs. And I'm going back to when we were, like, before the West Coast trip, when we were just fed up, right? We are just like, we feel like Tibbs has run its course. That's why Leon has made my shit list. Because I feel like, especially after the Dallas game, which definitely felt like one of the darkest games of this season so far, I thought you know, a blowout against Cleveland was impending, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. We ended up winning, you know, and I was telling y'all offline, that almost seems like this kind of season where we're having where it's, like, topsy-turvy, roller coaster. it's just, like, kind of the same shit over and over Groundhog's Day. We either, like, lose ugly or we string together one or two wins that, like, quote-unquote, save Tibbs' job, right? I think, like, you know, if we're talking about, like, ownership or whatever, I think that's preferable to the, you know, the the board or the shareholders or whatever, because it's it, it it draws us fans in. You know what I mean? As much as we were pissed off at Tibbs before the West Coast trip, I stayed up and watched those games and I was it was it was a joy to watch them beat Utah and Denver, you know what I mean? And that's like that's how you get, get fans hooked, like that 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 up and down nature of shit, you know what I mean? I, I circle back to Leon and why he made the shit list. It's an example of like why he hired Tibbs was to like get us out the mud get us out the muck and get us respectable right and I feel like the time to fire him was this summer but we let it slide and now we're here I don't think it should go beyond 2023 you know what I mean like I think Leon from the get off this list he has to like just come to terms with saying goodbye to one of his closest friends because and at the end of the day, I made a joke about it a couple of weeks back. But, like, yo, is that really a bad thing for Tibbs? He still has guaranteed money on his contract. And Leon is his homie. Fire him and, like, give your boy, like, paid leave for two and a half years. I think that's cool. I would love it if one of y'all did that for me. That'd be wonderful. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Leon, I think it's time. You're on the shit list just because we can all see it. Um, Tibbs is definitely, as far as development, I think, you know, we've seen it with Cam, Grimes, IQ. These young players do have gone better. It's just an issue of, like, He's not willing to maximize his rotations to feature these young players. And it's to the detriment of the team. And, like, his rigidity has been covered all the fucking time. But I just feel like he's done his part. He's got his discipline. He's got his respectable. And now let's see what somebody like Johnny Bryant or or, or a younger, kind of more progressive mind can do. So, in short, in conclusion, Leon made my shit list for, for his, uh, what's the word? What's, what's the word? His brohood or bro. Bromance? Bromance. There you go. Bromance with Tibbs. Thoughts? Feelings?
0: I mean, yes. both of you guys, two excellent picks, you know? Thank you. You know, like, I, how am I supposed to, like, argue with any of those things after the last two, three weeks of whatever we've been talking about? And um, I, I'd say, like, I, I definitely lean more towards most pick just because Tibbs is just egregious. I'm really glad that you guys picked those two because. I didn't want to sit here for twenty minutes just talking about how much I hate Tibbs and how much I think Leon is a huge part of. As as Nafi said, like he's just like allowing Tibbs. He's just letting Tibbs continue to do what he's been doing to this team, like a cancer, you know. So I, I can't disagree with either of your guys' picks. Yeah, Damn. it's an
2: interesting point that you're making about the the Knicks and being stuck in mediocrity, kind of. Gets the fans going and keeps us in the media, Keeps you know makes the headlines for the newspapers. Um, it's kind of a, a theory of mine and some, some other friends of mine that don't really follow the Knicks but have this theory as well. Uh, shout out to them. Oh. But basically, the, the theory is that the Knicks are supposed to be perennial losers um, because we're going to be watching game in, game out to see if we're going to get that next high draft pick, if we're going to be able to make that trade for that next superstar, and we're just going to be funneling in and out of mediocrity and just being a losing team because Mm. we're always going to bring in that attention, always going to sell out headlines and uh, get ESPN a new headline every day on whether we're going to target this player or that player or the next one target, this coach, the next coach or that coach. It's always going to be something with the Knicks and just trying to move forward, but we're always going to watch every game for the drama and, and, the Knicks so and the addicts, NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. we watch every game because we're addicts. Yeah. Exactly. And we think that we're gonna get to that point where you know we're, we've waited over twenty years for a team to be in in the in the NBA Finals, and you know fifty years for them to actually win a championship. That we're just we're there. We're we're the ultimate underdog, and we're gonna continue to wait for that that moment, that little that little crumble of winning uh, feeling which we got two years ago, and now we're even even more addicted because we we want that taste again, and so. Um, the, the the Dolan theory at least for this season that we're just going to keep on watching see are we going to go for Victor Wembunyama Wimb- or if we're going to try to go for whoever the next free agent is afterwards but um, yeah Leon B B plus A minus right now to me feels kind of high I was I was more on that boat a couple of weeks ago but with the Fournier signing and uh, the D-Row sign those guys how many millions of dollars do they get to now stay on the bench uh, Cam I thought was a good signing that's more on Tibbs fault but it's just where the the fact that we have Randall and RJ who are kind of very they're they're very similar players and they're 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 the two lead guys on the team that's not a recipe for success so that that goes on Leon so I'm, I'm with you on that
0: I'll I'll yeah. take your magnifying glass on that situation and zoom out even a little bit more I think that's the state of just New York sports in general this hamster wheel of like mediocrity where these owners just want to sell tickets and they want to make sure that it's like what you guys said, like just good enough where people will come in. People will continue to, you know, go for the historic games and whatnot, but not good enough to really compete. We're seeing that with the Yankees. We're seeing that with the Mets. We're seeing that with like every New York sports team where there's that glimmer of hope where it's like, you know, we can do it this year, but when was the last time a New York sports team did it? It just feels like these owners are just pocketing our money.
1: I will say the thing about like, with the, like the whole Nick situation, I think that was valid to a point. Oh, it's valid to points until like, James Owen feels embarrassed, and that's when he makes that change. And there's always like that cycle of just like, all right, we had a rock bottom with whatever regime is in charge. It's time to reboot. You know what I mean? So that's why I will give Leon his credit in his regime right now because he's, like I said, got us out the mud and he has us in a healthy shape. And why I'm a higher on him, I feel like, than uh, y'all generally two are, is because I think he, he like, I, I keep bringing up the cliche, he bought the right groceries and the right ingredients it's just not necessarily tibbs's kind of uh, meal to cook you know what i mean like he's like i'm not saying we got like a filet mignon like uh, somewhere like in the kitchen right now but i'm saying like tib like tibbs out here making pb and j's when like yo you could spice that shit up a little bit you know what i mean like use at least a different type of jam i mean use some strawberry jam you know what i mean but that's obviously a sloppy analogy but that's kind of my thing like with leon i think the idea was respectability and still culture uh, foundational principles and tips for a little bit did that, but you know the telltale sign to me is like we're like ranked like in 23rd I think last I checked in defensive efficiency. Our offense is like as ugly as it can be sometimes. I think we're top 10 in offensive efficiency, so like even aesthetically, if it's not good, I'll give them some leeway there. But it's the defense because it's tips. I mean, we know it's a defense addict, right? If it came to that point where like you brought in a defense-minded coach. To kickstart your 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 regime, and you wanted to instill a culture and fundamentals and basics and shit like that. And now we're at a point two year two plus years in where his foundational principles are not leading to results on the defensive end. That to me is a sign. Like, yo, that's why Leon's on my shit list. Like, you should see this shit too. I know Brock Oliver got those numbers like plastered all over every wall. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, that's why I guess I'm not as harsh on Leon in general, but why I'm harsh on this. Harsh on him about the very fact that Tibbs is still here, you know? Because we get pissed into the wind and scream into the void about, like, what we're annoyed with Tibbs about, but it's not going to do anything up until, like, you know, Leon hits the ejecto button, button, as uh, you said.
0: <laughs> and, like, just to build on your analogy, I- I'd say, like, Leo- uh, Leon probably bought, like, Top Ramen Instant Noodles, you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, sometimes if you have a good cook, a good chef, they can make... Like instant noodles, like you could elevate yeah. it. You could. But you know, Tim, he just right like ate it out the pack. Yeah. He ate that shit wrong. No, he don't even put the powder on it. Like he's just put, cooking noodles <laughs> in the microwave and saying, "Yeah, here you go." Like yeah, he to in that there, shit and Put the powder in his mouth, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know. So like, not like hey, Lee, I don't really crunchy. think. Lee, I, don't think <laughs> I don't think Leon necessarily like did a great job at giving him good ingredients but a good chef can make it work with what you have and we're seeing that with countless other nba teams so Mm -hmm. I, i i have to agree with you where i don't think leon has done like a phenomenal job but i think he's done more than what we've gotten over the last 10 years even so i just think now he's getting in his own way by continuing to keep tips but i think we've talked about this before where some of it is just the nba politics of like you can't fire a coach within a certain time and this is also probably leon's kind of final trump card before yeah, dolan has to point and look yeah, at yeah. him you know like you fire you usually like we we talked about it, the nba life cycle of these gms and these presidents and whatnot they usually get like two coaching hires and then it's about it so
1: my thing to to your point though just like i could push back on just like whether he did provide the right ingredients or like quote-unquote good ingredients but it's just like we're seeing it as far as like on the coaching side Tibbs won't even do the low-hanging fruit, like, with another model, any franchise, if they were to have a young player that's at the power forward position, and they have a more established player at the power forward position, in the modern NBA, they would play significantly together, significant minutes together, even like we saw with the Hawks, and Nate McMillan's a quote-unquote old, like, old, like, old-school kind of coach, right, but... He's got a, a, a Gonkou, you know what I mean? Who's, like, that center they drafted in, like, the top five a couple of years back. And I know they got Capella there. But he still, I think he finds moments to, like, at least give Okonkou some time. And obviously, I'm not, like, clued into the Hawks as I would with the Knicks. But I don't know. I mean, it just feels like we're not seeing kind of shit that, like, other teams would try or, like, do by reflex almost, you know? Like, it was spaced out, five-out lineup, spread, pick, and roll. Like, um, definitely, like with the with his defensive principles like we're like 23rd, we might even maybe crept up to like 20th after like we held Cleveland to like 81 last night or yesterday, but 20th or t- 23rd in defensive efficiency, it's not what Tibbs was brought here for, you know what I mean? And that to me tells me like the big worry about him coming in and his his ideas being stale turned out to be true because aside from a covid season where it was like empty arenas, you know what I mean? And like everything was like affected by that. Now we're seeing that like yeah, maybe like that whole defender defend paint at all costs kinda like mentality. That's you're playing with fire in the league right now. You know what I mean? Like I still have like I still wake up in a cold sweat at night thinking about fucking Cole Hauser and his threes, bro. Like that shit scared the hell out of me. Like, who is he? He was just a made up player, just showed up, put on a Celtics jersey and like drop eight threes on us. Like like that's what it felt like. But I'm I'm tired of that. You know what I mean? Like, like it it's it, it's not to say that like you could stop three point shooting in the NBA right now, but I feel like you could do better. You know what I mean? This game is
0: definitely not optimal for the three point shooting. We yeah, we yeah just and the saw numbers bear You know what
1: I mean? And it's just like,
0: yeah. the, it, I think the Mavs took like 63 threes against us or something. Like, it's 61. Some, 61.
1: It Like some yeah. ridiculous
0: number. But, like it's it's crazy. And this is like common. Like this isn't like one game. Like the sample size is getting bigger on that. But to your point, the grocery list with the drafting. A-1. No mm-hmm. complaints. Like, Obi and Ty- Tyrese, that's definitely a slip-up, but I totally understood what the thought process was going into that. Obi was, like, a highly-touted player. We thought Randall was out the door, so it made sense. But aside from that, like, even, like, down to getting, finding steals in the grocery store, drafting-wise, this this front office has been A-plus. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain about that. But like, like Mo said, the Fournier signing, which I wasn't really against, like i was actually one of the people who was for it and like the burke signing like a lot of those signings they're just looking stale now and maybe they didn't look too bad at the moment but that's the whole point of being a president a gm to be able to see forward in that future and you know some of it is going to be us bumping and grinding with like the mistakes that leon's going to make as a new president so that's why we haven't been like Critically, critically harsh of him, but you know it's like it's what we say always. You know, winning makes everything better, so losing is going to make things worse. We're going to be critical. The magnifying glass is going to be yeah. on him, and we're just tired of talking about Tibbs. So Leon's going to get some of this blame right now, right. you
2: know. And they, they weren't, honestly, in my opinion. I still to this day don't believe they were bad signings. It was just Tibbs right, doesn't know right. how to utilize them at all. Like right, you, you right. have. Look at
0: Alec Burks. Yeah. Look at Alec Burks right now on the Pistons bench. He's he's cooking. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like,
1: like with the Fournier contract, gets a lot of heat, and like somewhat de- deservedly so but i feel like a, any other different coach wouldn't have like glued him to the starting lineup for his first year plus in in our franchise i feel like he would have probably uh, any other coach i don't know like Spolstra, he probably wouldn't get would have given Fournier like a shot crack at the starting lineup if the fit didn't work with the the rest of the starting lineup him to the bench make him like that six man piece we saw him like experiment and do that with tyler hero and that kid won fucking six man of the year right like last year so yeah, it's just like year, one example right there um I don't know. It's just like ah, uh, it's 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 like beating a dead horse, and the, the dead horse is not gonna fight back, right? So, yeah.
2: Fice, we'll who's on your list? Uh, I'm oh, gonna,
0: gonna piss me off <laughs> I'm beforehand. gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I mean, like honestly, it's definitely a reluctant pick. Like I'm not like you know we did obviously Leon and Tibbs, and I'm kind of I'm again I'm really glad you guys did that because I did not want to go on for twenty thirty minutes about this, but. I'm gonna hurt a lot of people, including myself and my multiple jerseys in my house. But RJ, you made the shit list. Like, it's hey, I'm breaking
1: furniture right now. Why would you do this to
0: me? (laughs) I mean, man, I'm sorry. I knew RJ made the shit list when I saw Kevin Knox take him off the dribble and like, Mm. come on, man. Like, that's some ugly, ugly business going on there. That was (laughs) just
1: him giving a homie some some love. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, here. Was, Go yeah. ahead. It's
0: like I'm not saying RJ's been like there's been no redeemable qualities, but the defense is basically gone. Like it's like what we saw from him, it's almost gone. And you know we're we're gonna talk about it later, but like Quentin Grimes, like he comes back off the injury and he's locking up Donovan Mitchell. Like mm. what happened to when RJ was like I remember RJ going toe to toe with Kawhi and Paul George and them like at like I think it's different
1: player type stuff. Like I, I kind of get what you mean, yeah, but, but
0: they were the, yo to have Kawhi and PG come out and say like yo, he's like a really good defender. Like, you know, we're seeing that like going from that to basically zero has been so infuriating to watch. And it's not just that. It's been like it's the it's the process of it. Like seeing him know from when he's at the half court, like I'm just gonna go in for a layup here. Like I we did see a few more a few more passes through these games, a few easier passes he should have been making. But it's been frustrating to see that. And then like six turnovers like in the last game, like that's just not That's not okay. Like, you got to clean that stuff up. And, you know, you see... When you see things like Tibbs yell, RJ, get back in the game when Kamrish has one turnover, but then... RJ is going for six turnovers like and he's still like chilling like it's, it's it's all frustrating and it's all topsy-turvy and I don't want RJ to be on this shit list at all. I love RJ. I love to see him grow I'm excited to see him grow, but I think it's gonna all wind back to Tibbs Like, a lot of this ends up being frustrations at Tibbs because it's like how you're playing RJ 20 minutes that game But then he has six turnovers and you're still paying him 30 minutes like it's all confusing and I do think that we as a franchise didn't put RJ in the best situation to do well when you're playing alongside a guy like Randall when, you know, Tibbs is your coach, so like, it's not all his fault, but a lot of good and great players are able to rise above that, and it's been it's just frustrating to see us use our highest pick in the last few years on a player like that and n- no knock on the rj pick obviously we had to pick rj there I, you know, i'm not like i hope you guys can see this as i'm not an rj hater this no is just, i'm disgusted just... i'm about to just
1: like a t- text me no mo on and the you side contemporaries... <laughs> when
0: well, you see his contemporaries like zion ja who i know are supposed to be ahead of him do better but then also guys like darius garland and tyler hero playing like better than him objectively it's frustrating man it's it's frustrating so he's going to get some of the blame man rj i'm sorry man you you made the shit list like
1: I, i i get it like I, that's tough love first of all you know i mean you got to have yes. like, tough love yes yeah i'll I will say to this point he he's People keep saying like he's a hundred million, like not you. Obviously, you haven't even mentioned this in your in in the segment right now. But like people mention, like oh, he's a hundred million dollar man. There's different expectations. His contract don't kick in until next year. You know what I mean, he's still on a rookie contract right now. He's still fourth year. Two, we know. My second point in regards to RJ, rather, I don't know if I don't know if I said one, but like I just said two. I don't know where it is just now. Whatever. Um, <laughs> we know he has slow starts to the season. So like with this, I like, a lot of the RJ hate, I feel like it's been bubbling for the last three, four years with certain segments of the fan base, and it almost always is at its peak in this time of the season, going on four years running now, where he has these ugly, slow starts, and yeah, we don't want that, especially when we were all having like raised expectations coming into the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on that post-January tear that he, he's known to, and it's like the highest peak we've seen yet, you know what I mean? Because he's a young player, 22 years old, and you know, taking a step back, you know, objectively, I wasn't saying he was, like, a superstar. Like, obviously, I'll gas him up because he's our player. And he's, like, our young player. But, I, you know, like, going back from, like, since he joined the team, I was, like, you know, I could see, like, three, four-time All-Star. You know what I mean? Some like Jimmy Butler before Jimmy Butler, like, leveled up into, like, you know what I mean? Like, what he is now. But that level of player. And I still see it. He's 22. You know what I mean? Like, certain times it takes, like, five, six years from, a, like, non-kind of elite-tier players to get into their all into that all-star conversation you know what I mean like guys like Giannis LeBron these uh transcendent talents to you know you know from jump guys like ja and Zion you just mentioned or Luca right but RJ I always said thought it was going to take a little more time and in the moment right now it's frustrating as hell it's fucking sad as hell you know what I mean when you see like these ugly moments but then he'll have these good moments like these good games shooting lights out um, making the right reads defense is still like leaves a lot to be desired but yeah, I mean, I can't argue with him being on the shit list. I could be sad about it, very sad, but I'm not gonna argue it, you know?
0: Yeah. I feel like regularly Julius would take the place of that, but That's his list, like... what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? He's been alright, so like I it's also a dead horse. I'm I'm tired of shitting on Julius Randle too. Yeah. Like I just wanna keep it a little fresh. <laughs>
2: like I I understand why he'd be on your shit list. It's crazy because last season's version of us would be would not have expected so this. Hurt. We, I think even
0: like two months ago, yeah. we'd be distraught like to hear
2: that. I, I think him I'm playing with now. him playing with Randall <laughs> is, you know, a reason for his lack of playing at the level that we expect him to play at. But the fact of the matter is that he came into the NBA pre, like with Randall on the team. Like he's been there since day one. They've been since playing together one, for yeah. like what, this is like their fourth season. So you figure by now they kind of know how to play off one another and be able to play at a higher level but this this early season woes is kind of is is getting old at this point. You can't you can't be on your fourth season still trying to figure out how to make it 3 months into the game. Like we lose games because of this. Where we we've lost games because of RJ Barrett not scoring the ball efficiently and his 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 defensive issues. I mean, he can't be shooting under 30% while he should be leveling up. I mean, he, he worked on his handle and his three-point shot all summer, right, with, with Drew Hanlon. What happened to that? Where When are we going to see the results and, and the benefits of, of working out all, all summer? You, you can't – you're not getting paid to play three-quarters of the season. You're getting paid – to play all 82 games at, at, at the highest level that you can especially when you're coming in as a top three player you're you're one of the the most highly touted players coming into the draft so everyone knows that you can ball so you should be coming in and balling That's your job to do that game in game out if you have the occasional slump where it's three four games in a row then then that's fine then you come out of that slump but like 25 games is not a slump that's there's another name for that. I don't know what the name is, but there's there's gotta be another name for I mean, that. It,
1: it was a slump last year. It was, a slump it was before that. But last he, year yeah. was, was 21 years. Exactly. Last years yeah. It was
2: twenty one. it was coming out of COVID. It's, it was kind of a different experience when you're playing in a locked out season. To now you're playing with with fans packed out in the arena, but you have that experience already. Uh, Sid mentioned last you know last episode you know players do get to slump Steph Curry for example, and I mentioned that. At least you're able to dish. At least he's able to dish out the ball. He's able to gather all the attention and so dish out the ball. RJ can't make the right reads all the my time. My thing is, it
1: fair to compare twenty two year old RJ to Steph like the finished product. You I, I, I mean? agree, but my, my point
2: like, is that he should be able to elevate other parts of his game if he's not able to shoot the rock well. If he's not shooting officially, yeah. then dish out the ball better. But it's, he's it's not. It's also
0: just the process, the things he's saying. Like after the game, him saying like. The ball's going to go in at a point. Like, come on, man. Like, he,
1: I mean, that's like, like, he's always been, like, the confident. Like, that's what you expect, like, a confident shooter to say in a slump, right? But also, like, when we saw RJ go on his tear last year, what happened for that to take place? Julius is out, right? Like, that's what kicked right. it off. And the ball was put in RJ's hands to the point where he was bringing the ball up. And he was put in these high pick-and-roll situations to attack the rim. We're not seeing that nearly enough right now. Or when we does get it rolling, the offense will stagnate in a way where, like, it's, oh, it's Julius' turn now to get his segment of the game. Oh, it's Jalen's turn. No, no shots at Jalen, obviously. But it's just, like, that's how the o- o- offense, that's why I say it doesn't aesthetically look nice, even though on paper it's apparently efficient, right? But that's what I think with RJ. It's, like, to the point you brought up about Julius, like, And why I brought up last year him, the ball being put in his hands, not to say he's like, oh, clear out, let him be Westbrook. My thing is he hasn't been optimized and we don't have the coach to optimize that. And like think about Julius when we first signed him. I'm thinking back to 2019. Part of the excitement was just like what he did in New Orleans because I remember that vividly. He was like a pick and roll finisher playing off ball. Like, it wasn't like he thought he was a creator. He could do that a little bit, but he was playing more as a role man and shit like that. It's like Julius got here and he's like, This is my squad, I'm not gonna be the role man for these youngins, you know what I mean? But we know that like if RJ had like kind of if if Julius was more willing to be that like role man for RJ, I think that could be a very nice pick and roll. You know what I mean? Like Julius moving on the move, passing on the move, like how Draymond would like with you know, Steph is like it gets trapped, he puts it up to Draymond, Draymond has a four and three advantage, right? I figure we would see more of that. We have not seen that nearly enough. You know what I mean? And I think all fair points as far as the frustration about RJ, but I think there are, like, that is a big kind of cloud hanging over it. Not to say Julius is, like, garbage, but I don't feel like, and I felt this way for two years, now, I don't feel Tibbs is the right coach after what we've seen to utilize these pieces. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason Obi should still be playing 12 minutes a game, right? That's part of the thing. If Obi was getting like a significant like twenty-five, twenty 20 to 25 minute kind of cut to his to playing time, right? Or that amount of minutes, that would mean he's playing with Julius more. That would mean either one of those two guys are operating as the five on the floor, right? Which is opens up the floor for everybody else. And and as RJ, who's more of a drive and kick guy, who's always been kind of a mes- mes- methodical driver to the rim. You know what I mean? He's not really athletic or smooth with it, but... Any given way to maximize spacing and operate, like, not even just for RJ, but for dudes like IQ, for, like, um Jalen, you know what I mean, to cook, we're not doing it enough, you know? And I feel like in a situation right now, it makes RJ look worse than he probably actually is, you know?
2: I, I feel that. And I think, I think the reason why I'm more okay with him being on this week's shit list is because... This is his fourth season. I think last year, mm. if it were the case, you know, the blame of his encore woes would be more like I don't know, like 75, 25 Tibbs and R J. Now I think with every season that goes by and we're seeing these same kinds of patterns, you expect a player who's gaining this experience to be able to adjust his own game adjust. on the court, yeah. you know, be able to make it inside the basket, be able to dish out the ball, be able to cross guys over. I don't remember the last time I saw RJ cross a guy over. You're, 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 <sighs> uh, you're a shooting guard in the NBA. You're you're a highly talented player. You should be able to at least have one or two cross crossovers at least every couple of games. I can't remember it. But the one thing that he has worked on a lot, which is, I think, a huge plus, is the free throws. I mentioned it last time. I think as the free throws continue to go, his shot will eventually come together again. He was shooting below whatever percent, but I want to say the last five or six games he's shooting 80, 85 percent, which is a huge plus for him, especially for a guy who's driving in. He's obviously not getting all the calls that he should, but he's not—he's not going hard in the paint either. Like I don't—I don't, I don't know—I mean, I don't know if you guys always see it, but I feel like he's kind of—it kind of every every game I want to is at least one or two plays where it looks like he's kind of avoiding that contact. But I don't know if that's just... I think be- it just might
1: be PTSD because you know he's not going to get the call. You know what I mean? Call, so, yeah. like, that affects about. how you would finish as a finisher. But that's a fair point. But, like, I would also bring up just, like, he's he's almost always playing, like, a traditional center plus Randall plus a power forward. You know what I mean? And, you know, we always talk about offline how, like, it's always a benefit for other Knicks fans to watch other teams around the league. That's the thing. Like, every other team, despite what our efficiency numbers say, Has a more spaced out offense than we do. You know what I mean? That's just who Tibbs is. And I feel like. It's like playing with shackles. Not just RJ. But just like young players. Young creators. It's tough to like develop those. Like to empower a young like on-ball creator. Like be it IQ. Be it um. You know Grimes even shown out a little bit as a creator. Right? It's hard to like really empower those dudes. When like you're not really optimizing the space around them. Or the lineups around them. And I think like. Yeah, you brought it up early in, in, in the season, or early in an episode where, like, Obi's not really, like, that, that cut-to-the-basket guy or in-room finisher really like that anymore. He's more so a spot-up guy. And I think that goes to, obviously, Tibbs' coaching, simplifying Obi's role to a point where all he has to worry about is just shooting, right? Just, just be our Steve Novak out there. But if you play him and Julius together in the front line, whoever you got around it. And if Julius, this goes to coaching as well, if Julius buys into being like that dirty work guy, being our like Draymond in that kind of situation, those lineups could work. But it's either Tibbs is unwilling to try it or Julius is unwilling to be that kind of player and he just wants to be like the quote-unquote star that brings it up and just like defers when absolutely necessary. But we're here now, you know? So it's it's probably both.
2: I do think RJ does get a good amount of run with the bench though. And I think those are his moments when he should be be, he should be exactly how you're saying he should be. I think he kind of doesn't. I, I think we all agree here that Tibbs should get at least seventy percent of the blame for every player on yeah. this roster not playing at the level right. they should be. But um, every, you know, the players who are not playing at that level should also get some bit of the responsibility to to elevate their own game and make adjustments, even if their coach isn't doing it for them.
0: Yeah, like to preface what I'm about to say, like it, it's definitely unfair, like what I'm going to say right now. But it's like, like I. I Every point that Nafi has made is so accurate and so true. It's what we've been talking about for a long time. I think we even talked about it in this podcast. Thank you it's like, it's like It's like you, you convince yourself that RJ is going to rise above all these shackles, like you said. Because we've seen players like Emmanuel quickly rise above this limited shackle that Tom Thibodeau has put on him. And RJ is just not that type of player. And it's hard... Because now we're in year four, and I guess like now we're starting to admit those things to ourselves. We're like, last year I would have been like, it's just a slump, we're gonna get over it. But now it's starting to feel like RJ, someone who needs the offense, not tailored to him exactly. Because we did see that for that second, the first year with Tibbs, when we put him in a good role, he really did thrive. Like I know the numbers mm-hmm. didn't show it completely, but he was a forty percent three point shooter. We saw a lot of good games where he took over and whatnot. Like you said, without Randall, he he looked really good, but like he hasn't been able to just show that he can rise above these limitations. And it's a really unfair thing for us to expect out of him because he, at the end of the day, he's just a player, you know. But it sucks when that's that's your number three pick, that's your guy. You're just hoping for a little bit more. But I, I, I know it's unfair criticism, but...
1: It's both wish. fair and unfair, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, just, yeah.
0: it's, it's, like, the, it's like the Washington and Giants game, bro. It's, it's a tie. We're just is nasty. We're back we sex- sex- started. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but... Also, to be fair to RJ, we've seen really good flashes from him, even this season, like, against Mm -hmm. Milwaukee, where he went for 26 points, the shooting was both above 50%, and we've said it earlier this season, like, when the three-point shot, like, if he's just making one or two more of those threes, his entire game looks different, and it's, like, I guess that's why it's, like, frustrating to see the process, because, like, you know what RJ has in him, but it seems like he's still deferring to, like, I'm gonna take this contested layup, I'm not gonna pass, you know, like, and it's, like, RJ, I expected
1: a little bit more from you, so it's, it's been it's been rough. It's been real rough. All right, All right. Got enough me feeling a right? type of way. Out of number of the RJ hate, like, I think that went well for our first shitless segment, of official inaugural. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. How y'all feeling? I felt good. Yeah, got some shit I off feel, our chest. Yeah.
0: I feel like when, when COVID first started and you would have to take your, all your outside clothes off, like I feel like I feel so disgusted <laughs> at myself. Like, how did I just do that? Uh, it had to be done, you know? <laughs> just go
1: wash your hands real quick. We'll, we'll wait.
0: No. <laughs> Hand sanitizer's not enough.
1: Facts. <laughs> all right. Just, and now, another treat for our listeners, I think we're going to go to our second new segment to kind of close out our episodes now with positivity and keep it on that whole wrestling motif. As y'all know, you, y'all definitely know, as our listeners probably know by now. I'm going to stand at this man, Dwayne Johnson, you know, Rocky, you know what I mean? The, the rock, Rocky, you know what I mean? People's keep, champ. Rocky, Rocky. So our new segment every week this is going to be who's the people's champ of the week? You know what I mean? Who like rose above the, the muck and the grind, the disgustingness. So yeah, new segment, people's champ. This week, the first honorary uh, uh, recipient of the people's champ award of the week. Is none other than Emmanuel quickly, you know. I feel like this season, especially on this pod, as much as we'd like to, we haven't been, we haven't had the chance to really like gush about IQ to the extent that we'd all wanted to. But he's been cooking despite like all the frustrations we've been feeling, right? So it felt like only right that not only for this week, but I feel like this also encapsulates just, like what he's done this season so far, you know. I think IQ's the people's champ so far. How y'all feeling?
0: I mean, like, if, if you look at both sides of the ball, like, Emmanuel Quickly just wholeheartedly deserves this, especially as, like, mm-hmm. someone who was who just, like... Like, I still remember that CBS D-plus for Emmanuel mm-hmm. Quickly and, like, how he's risen above all that. How, like, Knicks fans all together are so limiting on him, like he's just going to be a six man. He's just going to be Lou Will. How the front, not the front office, but Tibbs specifically is doing that. How there's been rumors swirling around saying that he might be involved in trade talks. But despite all that, he's been rising above that. Seen a statistic from like OB Muse on Twitter. First in defensive rating. First in net rating. First in opponents field goal percentage. And first in steals. Doing all this in his limited time. So Emmanuel quickly has been, he's been everything you could want and more. And, I think we talked We talked about it briefly before. Like, we really don't want to see him be traded off this team no matter what it is. Not at all. Like, no. He's no. It's what you get. You get this young guy, good value. We played him just enough where I don't think he's going to get, like, a crazy contract. You got to take advantage. Like, take advantage of the things Tibbs did wrong. He didn't outplay him too much so that everyone's, like, going crazy for him. Lock him in while you still can. Like, Emmanuel quickly is, is him. He's that guy.
2: Yo, that's a fact. And you know his shot isn't as dropping isn't dropping as well as it was last season, but that defense is is next level right now. And he he plays mm-hmm. with a little bit of a hop that a lot of players don't, and I think it's something that's been missing sorely for for the Knicks team for years. And it's we're lucky to have IQ on this team. I think the those trade rumors are complete bullshit because. Like honestly, what are you going to trade him for? You're going to trade him for a first round pick that might be in the 20s for a player that's like Emmanuel Quickly? <laughs> like with the fact that we got <laughs> Mr. Exactly. Box. Like it makes it makes no sense for us to make that trade and the fact that he's been a bench player most of his career and in the limited minutes. You can use that as a negotiation tactic so you don't have to exactly. overpay him. So you pay him at at, at a level and he seems like a guy who's who's thrilled to be on the Knicks. Um shout out to his fan, bro. His his fans Ooh. cool people. Um but it, it's it's a positive sign that his minutes have been on the uptick. It went from the teens to the twenties to the high twenties. He has a couple uh, you know thirty plus games, not too many, but more more so twenty eight plus. Um, but he's playing at he's playing at a different level. And like you like you mentioned, Fy is all, all those stats when he's on the court is way different when he's from when he's not on the court. And he just I mean he's the reason why D Rose, who a lot of us you know love as as a leader. On this team Doesn't need to play He he could sit on. The, he could sit He could be traded But as long as we got IQ You know Leading the bench for now Then We're we're good We're set bro He definitely earned this This honor Of being this week's uh, People champ For the Nickish
1: Facts. show And to close it out It's just like This is gonna be a cliche But he's a fucking hooper And I mean that in that like When his shot isn't falling And we, you know He has those frustrating slumps he just be out there doing anything he can to like contribute to the team. Like he rebounds like a motherfucker. Like, and I say that with all compliments. You know what I mean? Like he's like 6'1, 6'2. He's how many double-digit board games he's had already this season, right? Like he he's defend his ass off, he'll make the right passes, and even if he's not hot from shooting, he's an off-ball threat. Like you have to respect his shooting. I mean the defenses have to account for him. You know what I mean? He's a complete just hooper. Is that like the most like um, basic way for me to say it, you know? Like, it almost feels like when he's not starts out a game not shooting well, he makes sure he's doing all these other things, you know what I mean? That's why he almost always grades out as a positive in the box score, you know? Like, I think it's different, and he has the leeway to do that because he's coming off the bench, you know what I mean? It's almost like he doesn't have, like, a, a truly kind of rigid role to play as far as deferring to somebody, unless he's mixing it up and he's playing a little bit Julius or whatever, you know what I mean? But, like, on the bench, he's allowed to be quickly, you know, and yeah, I mean, like, much respect to D Rose to what he's accomplished, especially that magical season. But like, this is not no shots at him, it's just like, I think he'll be better off just being more of a situational piece, you know. Like, yeah, he's only playing like what 11, 12, 13 minutes a game, but like, those are minutes can be divvied up amongst Grimes and IQ for sure, you know what I mean. And that's five minutes a game in the long run of a season that'll add up, you know. Not to say D-Rose should be in exile, but, like, if there's a situation where, oh, IQ's in foul trouble, Jalen's out injured, maybe they're both injured, you know, knock on wood, that's when you could break the the glass and, like, you know, bring out D-Rose for for emergency purposes. But, yeah, rounding back to IQ, well-deserved people's champ, one that even uh, the the GOAT himself would be proud of, all right?
0: Shout-out to (laughs) IQ, man. Like, I still remember when it was all he has is a floater, and, like, you, you see him now, the progression of him, and that that's what you're looking for in NBA players. That's what you want to see from the Knicks front office in terms of development, too, you know? Like, it's hard to say that the Knicks and even Tibbs can't develop players when there is some progress there, you know, so... And I see you, Mo, with the little IQ family shout-out, you know, friends, friends of the Nickish. Okay, that was subtle. Weird, weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, and he's one of those players that is rare in the sense that he's able to just shift the momentum off one shot. Uh, we don't have many of those on this mm. team. Obi's one if he could just yam it on somebody and IQ with that with that with those deep threes that he takes. I mean, some of those can get frustrating when he takes a couple of those and they're all they're all and they're misses. But he just needs to hit one of those and it could just change the momentum and just get the Knicks right back on track and hope and you know get them get them going again. So, nah, shout shout out shout out quickly.
1: I will say yes. and then like. Yeah, go ahead, Fires. Go ahead, good. My bad.
0: Real quick, like, Fred Katz asked uh, quickly about his shooting slump when he wasn't shooting too well. And, like, you could just hear it in his voice. He was just like, am I really in a shooting slump? Like, he, he didn't even realize it. Like, you know? He was like, wait, for real? Like, that's a shooting slump? Like, he's one of those guys where if it isn't even a shooting he's slump, in. like— He's locked in. He's so locked in. Like what you guys said, And I hate to like bring it back to RJ and bring some negativity, but that's and what don't, you want to see from don't RJ. Do it. <laughs> it's what you hey, want to see from him in terms of like when you're not affecting the game on offense, maybe let the defense come back to you and then the offense will also start slowly picking up. And glad to have a guy like IQ on this team who can lead that.
1: Nah, good point. Very, very, very solid just overall. I was just going to try more of a dumbass kind of po- uh, like point that'll like... <laughs> like mostly just to point a point of finger at the IQ haters because it seems to be just we love them but like there's generally an angst around IQ from certain segments of fan bases like yeah his shot selection can be annoying but motherfuckers are like will we'll, we'll hate his guts for these shots right and I'm just like these are the same like segment of fans that like will lionize J.R. Smith and I love J.R. Smith but that's who he was you know what I mean that's that's he why he became a fan favorite is it, is,
0: Live by the three, die by the
1: three. Yeah, so like uh, IQ is bringing that element on top of everything else.
2: Are you telling people how to fan Nafi?
1: No, but it's just like I'm telling them.
2: You know what?
0: Sometimes ah, you shit, got I it, might bro. be. Sometimes, Damn you it. Got it. But you're right, though.
1: But
2: you're right though. I'm not gonna lie.
1: I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, you know. No, I'm not saying, sometimes but I'm also there, saying. Right.
0: Sometimes there's such thing as a wrong opinion, okay, guys? I know we're in this day and age of, like, everyone's right. Everyone deserves a turn. Let's do a participation trophy. No. Sometimes you can leave it in the fucking drafts. I, like. His IQ is that guy. I'm sick of this shit, man. He's that
1: yes, guy. Right, take I take his home, I,
0: I know it's overused, but he's him.
2: He's him, you know? All right. All right. We appreciate right. you guys checking out this episode. Nickish. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick-ish NYC. Check out our website, nick copy Cop yourself on apparel. Uh, we got, like, 58 games left, right? So, go ahead. Cop some. <laughs> Wear it to the game. Uh, it's it's good times. Uh, the, the crew neck is really warm. It will definitely keep you warm, guys.
1: It's mistletoe season, I'm saying. Right. You know what I mean? You got to look fly when you count those moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to look your best.
0: Could, I, could you imagine Christmas morning waking up, unwrapping, and seeing a Nickish hoodie? Like, the, the smile mm. on mm. someone's face. Like, oh, nice. Like...
2: Make sure you give us that five-star review on all podcasting platforms. And uh, be safe out there. Until next time, take care. Peace.
1: Peace.